Hey everyone, welcome to another action-packed episode of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined today by a man who only cares about three things. His obliques, his peaks, and his freaks. John, boat of car shawler. 24-inch pythons, baby. Look at baby. that sick. My God. I know Cut it. Cut those threads off that shirt, dude. I can't even <laughs> look at my own damn self. So, if you joined us last week, you'll recall that we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and this week we're going to be playing games on the crazy old, crazy unusual Sega SG-1000 console. Boat, what do you know about the SG-1000? Well, not a whole heck of a lot, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, I know that this is an early Sega console. I'd be tempted to say that this was their first console, but I do not know that for sure. So why don't you inform us? You'd be right, All right. Mr. Boat. It would, you would be right. So the SG-1000 uh, console, which is funny, I, you hear about it, but I didn't know this. It only got released really in Japan and for some reason, New Zealand. Mm. Go figure. So our folks in New Zealand uh, got, got a taste. The Huxer was on board. That's right. Uh, this thing came out in, in Japan July 15th of 1983. I was so, two years old. Two, really? Yeah. I was well into my 20s at that point. <laughs> um, so this took me, uh, took uh, ROM cartridges and Sega cards. Sega cards are sort of like uh, Who cards, mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, the same kind of deal that you got on the on the uh, Master System. Yeah, right? yeah, remember those. So this was a nutty system. They released like somewhere in the neighborhood of like I think it was like sixty three games for it. And then they released a, I think it was like a twenty or thirty of the cards to go along with it. Uh, this thing had the dubious distinction of being released the exact same day in Japan as the Famicom. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so that's a killer guess right who there. Won? <laughs> Didn't go well for the old uh, SG one thousand. The SG one thousand. Had a the original version had a joystick that was built in. It was okay. The, uh, that, well, that was stick. that was a common thing back then. The original Famicom also had built in. And it had a port for a second controller. Mm. The joysticks on this are uh, commonly referred to as garbage. Really? Yeah, they're uh, they're long. Mm -hmm. They're about you know yay long, and there's a little stick. And you hold it like this, and there's buttons on the side. Sort of like a 7800 stick. It's sort of like that, okay. but even even crummier mm. and, and worse. And so they're they're not a popular stick. Uh, the uh, they didn't make too many of these things. And they were pretty rare. Uh, this was they were developed in response to an arcade downturn in '82. So that's kind of a, kind of nutty. Maybe it, you know they, we always talk about the crash happening here in '83, '84. So maybe it happened a little earlier in in Japan. Perhaps um, this was uh, in New Zealand. This thing was known as the Grandstand. Ooh, it's kind of that's, that's kind of an a neat name. name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the SG-1000 sold about 2 million units worldwide. Not bad. Not good, mm. not really. Really? No. How many did the ColecoVision sell? Was a lot. It? Remember, it was like, it was like, remember, it was a huge gap between like 3 and 5 million. Right. It was a ton, so mm. more than this. Uh, this thing got released uh, at 15,000 yen. That always gets me how that's a huge number. 140 bucks U.S. or in today's money, 353 dollars U.S. So you know, in Korean money, you add even an extra zero to that. Really? So, so yeah, 150 bucks is 150,000 won. Do they have a billion dollar the, bill? The smallest bill is a thousand won. Really? Yeah. That make me feel kind of like a big shot. That's true. You know, do you ever just you ever take the bill and just look at it and be like, it says all those zeros are like, oh yeah. That's right, baby. I'm I did it all the time. Um, so, uh, the uh, <laughs> th this was Sega's worst selling unit. But, and this is important, especially if you're Sega, they still made money off the venture. So you got something there. Yeah. Um, later models uh, were the SG-2, the SG-1002, mm -hmm. and the Mark III, and then the Master System, like I said, were, was compatible with the cards. It looks like there's about 29 cards released for this thing. 
So it was a it was a fairly competent system. I think it shares some chippage with the ColecoVision, which since you mentioned it, and the ColecoVision came out a couple years before this, so you would you would think it would do a little bit better. But I will say, from the experience I had, it, I thought it was probably a little better than this. I mean, it's certainly audio wise. Although I think they say, ironically, I think they had the same audio chip in. I, I, to be honest, just to jump ahead a little, I thought the audio sounded pretty darn good on this I system. I have to agree with you. Yeah. I thought it was very arcadey. Yeah, too, wasn't it? yeah. I, I was very impressed. So, uh, with all that said, uh, we chose to look at a couple, I'd say, radically different games mm-hmm. this week. Uh, so, why don't you lead us off this week, Bo, with your choice? Okay. Um, my game this week was Girls' Garden, otherwise known in Japan as Garuzu Garden. Ooh. <laughs> That sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger said garden. Say that again. <laughs> Garuzu garden. <laughs> this is my garden. <laughs> um, this, is, um, this was exclusively released for the SG-1000 in 1984. And uh, it was published and developed by Sega. And um, it was programmed by this guy named Yuji Naka. Okay? Uh, Yuji Naka uh, learned how to program by... Basically the same way a lot of bedroom coders did in the UK and America by getting magazines and typing in code and debugging it himself and making changes upon it. Mm. So he started out doing that. Um, and after he graduated from high school, instead of going to university, he just decided to stick around in his hometown. And uh, he saw that uh, Sega was looking for uh, programming assistance. So he, he decided to apply. And his first project was this game, Girls Garden. Wow, first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, this game uh, was part of, it was actually in response to his training. I guess they were like, well, here's what you can, you can work on this little stuff for training. And he built this whole game. So Sega was duly impressed by this. And uh, he sort of rose through the ranks. And, um, and he became a, a kind of a mover and shaker in, uh, in Sega. In 1987, um, he worked on the first Fantasy Star game for the, ma- for the Master System. Really? Yeah, he was instrumental in coding the pseudo 3D effect of moving through the dungeons. Mm. Um, and after that, he worked on a pretty minor title called Sonic the Hedgehog that nobody really remembers. Really? He yeah. Would, so this guy yeah. really he, went from nowhere to somewhere. Yeah, he, he, he programmed the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then so uh, this was his first title, of course, you know, being most remembered for Sonic, but we're talking about Girls' Garden today. So, what is this game? Um, this game stars, uh, this is one of the few uh, video games ever uh, that you control a girl character. Uh, this was Ever? A, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're, even even today, you're not controlling a whole lot of girls. If you look more at the, now than you yeah, do. But yeah. in the entire universe, the entire au revoir of video games, you're mostly dudes. So this game, for being from 1984, controlling a girl, pretty radical effort. Mm. Uh, this girl's name is Papri. And uh, what she's trying to do is she's trying to keep the love of the man in her life. Um, Like every good woman should. That's true. That's true. Um, Now, um, because of this... Now, I, I don't know, this, this is kind of a stretch, but some people have cited this game as an early example of a dating sim. I don't know if I'd go quite that far, yeah. having played a few dating sims in my life. Actually, I don't know if I've ever played a dating sim in my life, but I, I know I of what they know. are. Um, but this is, oh yeah, I have, like Persona is kind of a dating sim. So uh, this is nothing like Persona, just in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, this girl, her, her boyfriend's name is Minto. 
and not Mentos. <laughs> you stole my thunder. <laughs> and um, she, he is, he's starting to eye this other girl. This other girl is named Coco. Okay, so Papri has to collect ten flowers and deliver them to her boyfriend, um, so he will keep on loving her and keep his hands off Coco. Okay. So that is the the idea of the game. In every round, you have to collect ten flowers, bring them to your boyfriend. Um, now, if the game was that, the game would be pretty simple. Uh, there wouldn't be a lot to it. So there's there's a couple of twists that really make this game interesting. For one thing, you have to pick the flowers when they're in bloom. Okay, these these flowers will start out as little green shoots. They'll grow up. There'll be a little bud on the top. Then they'll blossom into full bloom, and then they'll wither away. So it's only one out of the four available stages are these these flowers actually worth anything. Um, if you've played Ladybug before in the arcades, there's a similar system where you want to collect the heart pieces at the right time when they're the right color. Um, so you collect these ten flowers. The things that are in your way are these bears, okay? There's something interesting in this game that I don't know if I've ever seen in a game of this vintage, where the enemies are actually shown in two different states. Uh, this is something that you see oftentimes in MMOs, where they talk about you know enemies going into aggro mode when, yeah. when they notice you. And in this game, the bears are sort of docile. They're walking around randomly, and they're black. When they when you get near them, they go into aggro mode and they turn blue, and they're and they're after you. Okay, so the bears are are, are chasing you down. Uh, what you have to uh, to kind of defer your, their attention from you is you have these honey pots, okay? So you drop the honey pot by hitting the button. The bear will wander over to the honey pot and start drinking it, and then you can pass right through the bear. So if the bear's in your way, that's oh, you a good. Go yeah, you can bear. go through I'll try the bear. Doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's how you can um, that's how you can you can you can pass through the bears and, and make your way collecting flowers. Um, that you also have, a, there's a bee that flies through the screen every now and again. Now, this is the only game in the entire universe, almost, where the bee is not your enemy. The, yeah. the bee is your friend in this game. The bee will drop extra honey sometimes. The bee will drop um, fruit that will give you extra points. Uh, the bee is on your side. He'll drop a heart. He'll drop a heart, yeah, right. Life. So, um... When you die in this game, you lose a life. You can die by either the bear touching you, or you can die when you fall in the water. So you don't want to do either of those two things. You start out with two extra lives, um, and like you said, you can replenish those extra lives if, if the bee drops a heart and you pick it up. Um, when you accomplish your goal of getting 10 flowers, you travel. This game works on a scrolling playfield, which is also cool. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you you have this 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 whole sort of world, and once you you can go through a couple screens, and then you'll kind of warp back around on the other side. And in the middle of the world, there's a house with a little gate around it, with little you know doorways in the gate where your boyfriend lives. And you bring all the flowers to your boyfriend, and then you're treated to this cinematic sequence where you know the boy accepts the flowers, and then all the flowers around grow, they bloom, and everything's happy and, and sunshine. And presumably they're married. Yeah, the, the wedding, the wedding march. march. Yeah. That's all it takes to get married in Japan. That's Just it. bring Just your bring boyfriend flower. ten flowers, wow. and, and you're right. in. Um, so uh, that is the game in a nutshell. Um, there is one thing, after you complete a couple rounds, you're treated to a bonus round <laughs> that's very similar to an arcade game called Circus Charlie, 
where you are jumping over, you're, you're a circus man and you're on a tightrope and you've got these lions coming at you and you have to jump over them. Uh, this is the same thing, except there are no lions, there's no tightrope, you're jumping over bears, but it's a side-scrolling perspective. So the game switches perspective totally. Did you have any luck on these challenges? I always got perfect on these. You're kidding me. Yeah. I can never get past the second bear. I was, I was very good at this for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, it's odd that she can only jump during this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's this crap at in in game? <laughs> right. But still, this is a very cool thing that you don't you don't often see in in games of this vintage. So um, that's a little bit about the game. Aaron, what did you think of this? Well, <laughs> when you picked this, I thought, what what girl's garden? And then I pl- I loaded it up uh, earlier in the week, and I was like, I played it for five minutes. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, well, the hell with this. <laughs> I was done with this sucking, with this sucker. So I was like, eh. So, you know, yesterday I, I had some tiles. Like, you know, I really, in the interest of my uh, uh, job here to comment on these games, I should give this another shot. So I fired it up. And I will tell you that I love this game. <laughs> I played the hell out of it. Once you understand what you're supposed to do, it is. I don't think I've ever played a game like it. Have you? Can you think of a game that's even? It's very unusual because you often find yourself waiting. Uh, it, you don't. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's a slow game. It's not. But I mean, there are times where you just have to. You're waiting for your stuff to bloom, mm-hmm. and you and you have to be very uh, tactical in your in the way you move around the screen. These these scrolling screens are. You go on for a while, mm-hmm. don't they? And uh, um, then you have the bears to deal with. And uh, the bears, like you said, when they get aggro, they're coming after you. If you're at a honeypot, you got a problem. Yeah. You need to get the heck out of there. And so it changes your strategy. Another thing that changes your strategy, as opposed to just running amok, is, uh, is do you want to run over a place where something's sprouting? Because when you run over it, if you pick up the sprout, which means nothing. It does you no good. And if you pick up, I believe if you pick up like a dead one, it actually takes away some of your flower. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you pick up, if you, if you pick up one that's dead, it actually hurts you. So you could, like, I can't tell you how many times I've had 10 flowers. I think it's 10 is what you're supposed mm-hmm. to get. And then you, you hit that, and you lose, like, half of them. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. Uh, and also, when you die, you lose some flowers, too. Uh, so there's a strategy about when you want to run across the path you take. Then there's water. You think to yourself, who's going to walk fall in the water? Well, when you're panicking, there's a bear on you. You could run right into that water. Right. It's not that difficult, really. Um, I, I like the fact that the bears are cute. And they, I mean, you could tell this game was like made to appeal to girls. I mean, I, I, maybe it wasn't, but it seems like it would. The characters are cute. The little girl is just I- I- adorable. The house is cool. It says "Welcome" with two L's on it, which I thought was kind of fun. Got to get that in there. Uh, and I like the fact that uh, um, you could play this game in different ways. I mean, you can just charge around like a maniac and just run it over whatever you see and hope that you can get your flowers. I like to play it a little more tactically. I ended up getting, I think the best I did was I got to level 6, uh, and I think it was like 46,000 points. But I know I can do better, given mm-hmm. a little more time, because I'm still learning the ropes. But it's a lot of fun. I like the fact that after every after five sta- every stage up to five, it's a different flower, uh, and, and they just look different. Just, I don't know, it just does a little something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. I like the fact that the, 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 the level, as far as I can tell, it changes slightly. I know at one point there's a, you get a you'll cross these little bridges with a river and, or a stream or mm-hmm. whatever and so, and every once in a while you'll see one that's got a fork in it 
and right in that fork there was a flower. Yeah. I was like, how do you pick that thing? Right. Can you, you can't get to that. I don't think you? so. I think it's just there to entice you. <laughs> Listen, I wanted mm. to jump in that water and go get it. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, the, the scene when you get 10 flowers and get back to your house, because when you get to your house normally just sits there. By the way, the bears can get on your lot and romp around. And but when you when you get to your house, when you get all ten flowers, a dude is poking his head out the window, like to say, "Come over here!" Right. And you go and take him your flowers, and then it plays a song, and they, and then uh, uh, the the whole screen blooms. Mm-hmm. It's glorious, and an arrow shoots across the screen mm-hmm. and shoots into a heart like Cupid. Yeah. Something else I like is when you die. You're, I mean, it's, some people won't like this because it slows the game down sort of. When you die, your little girl just sits there with her hands over her eyes. And all of a sudden, you hear nee, 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 this little mm-hmm. this little happy theme. A little heart flutters. Yeah, it actually the goes. The yeah, from where it's sitting in in the in the underbar there, and then it comes up and it, it, it goes to it, her. It does and, a yeah. loop to loop or right. two, and, mm-hmm. it, and it and it, give, and it and it's love. You don't have liveness. You've got love. Right, right. You know, it's it sounds like this. I mean, when you sit back and think about it, it's like man, this sounds like the stupidest girliest thing. But it's so much fun. It's, yeah, you're right. When it when he, I can. Everything that you just said was correct. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it back. I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how um, stunned. I mean, I'm. I know I say this often, but this. I mean, this came out of nowhere. If you told me I'd be playing this SG1000 game, I'd have called you a stupid fool, mm-hmm. a liar. There's no way. It was this old, old. But this is a fun game. I don't think this has ever been put out in anything else. It's only released on the SG-1000. I mean, it's super, it's super cute and yeah. fun. You can let anybody play it. It's not like the bears maul you mm-hmm. when they get to you. It's not a forbidden forest situation. No, no, it's not. Uh, the, 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 the challenging stage blew. I couldn't believe they even had one. Mm-hmm. You know, what a pleasant surprise right. that they stuck that the, in. The, the attention to detail... Um, is spectacular. You know, if, if you look at what the American or the European of this version of, of this game would be, they're like, "Hey, let's make a game for girls. Let's do the absolute bare minimum we can to get this thing out the door." Get it bare? Yeah. <laughs> and in this, you know, and this just. I don't know. I will be the first to admit that I'm biased towards Japanese game development. It's just my favorite. I think that they do the best. It, it, almost every genre, they do it better than the Americans or, God forbid, those awful Europeans. <laughs> but I'm just kidding, guys. Um, but uh, but the just even the backgrounds, there's movement in the backgrounds. The yeah. clouds are moving. You know, this is from 84. This, I mean, if, this w- if the graphics would have been a little bit more higher res... This could have easily been an arcade game. You could jack I this mean, up right now, stick it on a phone or something, and you and, and I mean just you know prop up the graphics. Your business. You're right about the B. I want. I don't want to fail to mention the fact that the B doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to get used. I yeah, still jump. Yeah, the me too. <laughs> and occasionally the B will deliver little fruits and stuff to you. That's mm-hmm. just cute. It's also fun for points. Sometimes the bee will have an app or something, and they'll keep flying. They won't drop it, and you can try to chase them, and hopefully you can keep the screen going until like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You dropped it. Now drop I, it. I took the opposite um, strategy that you did. I was always just keeping moving. You know, I didn't wait around to pick up the blooms. I was like, the blooms may be on the next screen. Unfortunately, I think you had the better strategy because I was only able to get to round three, the round after the first oh, bonus man. round. I, I was, I, and I yeah. had all my lives going into level mm-hmm. six, but then the wheels came off. I ran out of honey. Oh, to me. yeah. The, uh, uh, the the fact of the matter is the fact that a game like this has multiple variations of how you can play it is it's quite astounding and the uh, um, I don't think I've ever played a game where you spend so much time just standing around because if the, if the bears aren't 
right on you. Yeah. You've got time to right. just wait for stuff to bloom. And it does. It opens up a, a different way to play it. Now, I don't know if the bee's flight path has anything to do with the flowers that are blooming. Could you figure that out? I couldn't quite. I don't think it does, but I thought maybe it Maybe might. so. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a pollination deal. You because know, I kind of, I, I got to try to follow the bee around to see if the flowers would bloom when he went by. Uh, and But, I mean... Uh, I didn't have that much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when your girl goes in the water, there's a cool little sound effects. The music's great. I like. I mean, the music again. We were both surprised. I think by the music on both these games. Oh yeah. Uh, they and uh, it, it's an arcade quality for that era. I mean, this this music could have went right into any arcade, mm-hmm. and you would have been like, oh yeah, that's just like you would expect. You know? I mean, I was trying to think of games that this reminded me of, and I was thinking maybe the lumberjack game that Universal did. That's got the guy from Domino Man in it, where you're chopping oh, down trees. Oh yeah, I don't. I didn't play that one. That um, it was more your bag. You know, I, I can't. I can't really think of too many games that have that scrolling, you know, sequence and and as many ways to play it. It's really unique. And I'm surprised that the screen scrolls as long as it does. Right. This gives you. Hey, I've mentioned this before, but I like that idea where you feel like you can go a bunch of different places in an old game. You know, and uh, this one gives you that feeling. I mean, the the screen scrolls sufficiently far. To where it feels like you've got a, excuse me, you feel like you've got a very wide, uh, like continual sc- gameplay area, right? And it, and it works. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I mean, eventually it it doubles back, mm-hmm. and you're back to your at your house. But I mean, it works. I, I, every aspect of this game worked. There was nothing about it I didn't like. I liked every part of it. I will play it again. This makes me want to get an SG-1000 now. Oh, me now. too. You me know, too. I've played that. a couple of good games. There's a Kendo game for the SG-1000 that's also quite so good. So you, you've played the SG before? Just on the on the Pi. Uh-huh. It was in the Pi build that I had, and I just went through and, and played a whole bunch of stuff. It's a neat little system. It, well, this was a, an outstanding game. Mm-hmm. If this is the only game you've got for it, you're doing okay. Right, right. Speaking of another game for the SG-1000, why don't we take a look at your game in this week, Aaron? All right. Uh, so, you know, I went to Safer Route. I, I, I must admit, and and I picked uh, this a game that I was familiar with. And the game I picked was Hero. Uh, Hero was released by Activision, uh, and it came out uh, in, in Japan uh, for the SG one thousand and eighty five. Uh, it was forty dollars, which is uh, which is ninety five bucks by today's standards. Those are pretty Boy. expensive games when they came out. Uh, I'd say this is one of the more uh, well known titles on the system. Now, it wasn't well known by me. I knew about the game from my previous experiences when, but with, with Hero, which was playing on the Atari 2600 and the Coleco right. I wonder if it's, you know, it's it's probably more well known to us in America. I don't know how popular it is via, you know, versus other games in Japan. My guess system. is this game would fall in the same category as another game that was released on the SG-1000, which is Load Runner. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about Load Runner a few weeks back. Uh, and its popularity in Japan hugely popular as a, as a, a kind of a puzzly game. Mm-hmm. And by and since like I said, it was released on the SG one thousand. So I'm wagering that they saw the same sort of potential in this that Loader and just like the puzzly action elements of uh, you know the, uh, of a similar sort of game. Mm-hmm. So uh, this game was originally released for the Atari twenty six hundred. It was designed by a fellow named John Van Ryzen. Uh, one of the Activision uh, programmers. Uh, his other claim to fame was he dis- did another Activision game called Cosmic Commuter. Have you ever heard of that one? No. Do you have you have that in your collection? No, I don't. Have you played that before? I have not. I've not even sounds, sounds I've not neat. heard of it. Um, I read an interview with uh, Van Ryzen, and he was talking about uh, uh, he got the idea for Hero 
when he was visiting Howe Caves in New York State, and he was in a cave that had an underground river, and he thought it'd be a cool environment for a game. And so he, and that's where he got the idea to uh, to come up with Hero. Uh, Hero uh, stands for Helicopter Emergency Rescue Operation. Uh, again, this game came out on the Atari 600 in March of '84, and then got ported to uh, you know a bunch. I think there's a, I know there's an 8-bit version. Mm-hmm. I, believe, I know there's a uh, I think there's a 5200 version. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been ported just practically almost you know all the older systems. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes this one unique? I will say of all the systems, I had a, I had a look. There's a great video out that compares all the different versions of Hero, and I had a look at it. And of all the uh, uh, of all the different places it appeared, the easily the SG1000 version is the most unique. Which so I'm, I guess I got lucky in that aspect. It's not just an also ran of the ones you've seen a million times. Right. So the premises of of this game is. Your name is R Hero, which that's horrible name, and and his his job is to, he is here to rescue underground miners that have been trapped in 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 the uh, mine for various reasons. And now again, there's a twist on that in this version because this is the SG1000. They did it a little bit different. So Sega redid this for for this. I, I I could not find who exactly programmed it, but it was done by Sega, and they're credited with doing it, redoing it. Um, so right out of the gate, the first thing you'll notice that's different on the on SG one thousand version is that Hero doesn't have his helicopter. He actually has a jetpack. So I guess you should call him. Uh, his name should be uh, Lero or something, or or, or, or Giro. Giro. So uh, uh, the difference is nothing. It just, but I mean, it's actually I don't mind it. It, it seems like that'd be something that might make me mad, but not, I thought it was different. It makes a little more sense actually to go down underground with the jetpack. Well, I don't know if it's gas. Yeah, that might be a good idea. <laughs> but I mean, at least you don't have blades that can run into the That's sides right. of the cavern and things. Um, so, but anyway, your your guy goes into these caverns and he's armed with. Uh, he's got really two weapons. He's got a laser visor that shoots laser beams out about I don't know what about uh, a couple inches away from his face. Mm-hmm. And he's also got dynamite, right? Which we all know what that does. And so, occasionally he'll have to go through and blow up a wall to get to get it further into the mine, or he'll have to shoot a, a critter with his lasers to get past the critter to get further into the mine. And inevitably, when you get to the end of these levels, as a miner uh, waiting for you, when you go over and touch him, you freed him, and he gives you the he gives you the salute. One thing about this game is, on some levels of this game, which I thought was interesting, there's a, you don't have a miner, you rescue a little girl in a dress. Hmm. Did you get that far no. into it? Yeah, there's actually a little girl in there, and she she appears. maybe she just like fell into the mine, you know, one of those things. Yeah, I, I, you know, sort of like the uh, remember the girl that fell in the mine, uh, fell into the hole in Texas. Well, you probably don't remember. It was probably before your time. Yes, there was a girl that was it was national news. She fell in a. Uh, uh, a hole in Texas, and they had to find a way to get her out, and they mm-hmm. did. You know, but it was a big deal back okay. back in the day. So, I kind of assume that's where they got the idea. So, uh, each level consists of a different sort of maze that you have to go through. They start off pretty simple. Uh, you basically blow a wall, uh, jump down a hole, rescue a guy. You can't you can't hurt yourself from falling. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you can hurt yourself from is hitting a critter. Your guy has no hit points, so anything that touches him will kill him. Uh, right out of the gate, you can instantly kill yourself by standing too close to the dynamite. Right, which I did up. immediately when I first started playing. And everyone does mm-hmm. it. Uh, another thing you can do, aside from hitting a critter, is touch water. That will kill you. 
another thing you can do is that there are uh, these uh, lava walls or heated walls, like the caves are near the core of the earth or something, or if they're near a volcano and they glow red, if you touch one of those, that'll kill you too. Mm. So there are different various ways. And there's, like I said, there are different types of critters. There are bats. There are, of course, there's bats. And there are snakes and there are spiders uh, in here. And But there are some critters that actually help you uh, in this version as well, which we'll get to those in here in a little bit. So... What makes the SG-1000 version different than the others? Uh, if you play the Atari version, which was, again, this was the main version that I played back in the day, it's, it's a, it's, it looks good. It's got nice, solid colored walls with browns and reds, and, and, and you uh, go through them. It looks okay. If you get into the home computer versions, they went for a more cavey aesthetic with a, uh, kind of like stalactite, stalagmites, and like... In kind of maybe a spider webby look. Mm -hmm. uh, the C64 uh, had this look. Most of the home computers had this what look. What it reminds me of is the, the if you look at the 2600 version of River Raid and all the other versions of River Raid, it's the same sort of thing where River Raid, everything is kind of block. Everything is very angular. And uh, there's there's a little bit more jaggedness to the edges of the walls and things in right. the 8-bit versions. Right, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I pondered which one I liked more. Uh, to be honest with you, and I think I—I I don't think it matters too much, really. But I kind of like—I like the Atari look a little more. There's something to be said for the simplicity of it. Right, right. I mean, and I, I've seen similar—I've had the similar opinion with, say, like a uh, Prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. If you see the uh, console versions, they're very ornate, but there's something for the stark emptiness of the uh, home computer versions right. that I that I enjoy. But maybe it's because I just was used to playing them. Mm -hmm. Now, all that said. Uh, none of them look like this version. This version has walls and uh, uh, and stuff that are just kind of like bright colored green, or it's real. It's kind of goofy, isn't mm -hmm. it? I mean, like you're underground. It, it doesn't look like you're underground. Well, maybe it's like some sort of a luminescent, you know. Yeah, you never know. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's more. I will say this: it's. Uh, much like uh, Girls Garden, it's a very colorful mm -hmm. game, it, and and so this is almost kind of ZX Spectrum like in its color palette. It, 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 yeah, yeah, and it, and it's but I mean it's and the shapes that make up the wall are bizarre looking. I mean, mm -hmm. just it just they they went with a different look, mm -hmm. you know. And your guy looks different. And probably my biggest gripe about the game is here it looked pretty cool, you know, back in the day. This guy looks like uh, uh, almost robotic in a way. He looks like Japanese. Uh, take on. I mean, mm -hmm. he really does. I mean, and so God bless him. That's what they did because it's, it's their country. That's what he looks like. It's not, it doesn't appeal to me. I think he looks kind of kind of goofy, but he, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. He still plays the same way. So he has a, like a red helmet and kind of white pants. Mm -hmm. He looks like, uh, like I said, it looks like something you'd see in like uh, Space Giants or something. Like the little, it just looks like one of those little robotic guys. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that show. So, that is said, but how does it play? Well, it has something I love, love, love. A second button for the dynamite. I cannot tell you how many times I have blown myself up because I hit down on the joystick. Mm. And inevitably, on almost all these other versions we talked about, the Atari 2600 and ColecoVision and the Atari 8-bits, all these game systems have one button, mm -hmm. and when you hit that button, you you or when you... Hit the button, your lasers go off. So to drop dynamite, you pull down on the stick. Uh, in this version, you uh, uh, you hit the other button for the dynamite. I mean, this sounds like a very minor thing, 
it made a world of difference for my abilities to go to this game. On my first attempt at this game, I went way further than I've ever gone. I mean, I was I was getting into like I think I, the farthest I got I think was I want to say level sixteen or twelve or somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, I had a hell of a run for me. I mean, I'm, I like this game. I've played it for a while. Never played this version, but that made all the difference. Now that said, uh, this game has some pretty unique aspects to it that I like. Uh, it. I mean, they all have it, but this game does a good job with the flying. I felt like I had good control. Now, again, I didn't, I didn't play this on the SG-1000's wacky old-school joystick. I played this on the gamepad, but I mean, the control was good. Uh, I felt like I had real good, uh, you know, real good use of the guy. When you fly in Hero, if you just push up, he doesn't take off. He sort of has to get going. You know, like you know, fire up the mm -hmm. in the old one. You fired up the helicopter, and this one, I guess, you have to fire up the jetpack. And so it takes it. There's a delay there as you fly. So it takes some getting used to. This version, the the, the uh, I don't know if I'd call it the gravity or whatever that you use. It really works pretty pretty well. I'd say it's probably my favorite of the, of any of them outside the 2600. Uh, aside from the the way it looks, the jetpack. This one also adds some stuff that the other ones didn't have. At least I never saw this stuff in them. There's a uh, there's a scene in the old ones where you would get on a little. Uh, raft, and and when you get to the lower levels, there's there's water, mm -hmm. and you would and you would and you would float across on this raft. And this person, it's a little turtle you get on, mm. which is cute. Mm -hmm. This, you know, after playing this and Girls Gardens, I wonder if this thing wasn't aimed more for children. Well, you've got to recognize that the Japanese aesthetic for video games has always been cuter. What we recognize as cuter yeah, you're than right. in America. But, I mean, this seems in America, we're all man muscle. We I don't, don't like cute. We are, or maybe it's just slanted from what we play. But these mm -hmm. games, like I could sit Luke down in front of this and I could see him playing it. It's just, it's, it is cute. It's, it's very kid friendly. Um, the uh, there's also geysers of lava. I don't remember seeing that in the old versions. I think that's something that's specific for this version. Now there's also um, there's stalag uh, stalag tights hang tight to the yeah, ceiling. That's it, and they will come down. And these things are nasty if you get that far into the game. There are some areas where you have to, and this is in all the games where you are tasked with with getting rid of a wall, but the wall is too close for you to shoot to do without blowing yourself up. So you can actually use your laser to to shoot the wall until it blows up. And mm -hmm. that, it just takes a while. And if you've got a limited amount of energy, so you've got to be careful when you do that. I like this version better than the other ones. I could, it, was, it seemed like it went quicker. I could tell the, the wall breaking looked better. I like that, too. Uh, this music, this is the only version of Hero of any of them that has music. Now, uh, it, it, that's a mixed bag because it's just basically the same song they played mm -hmm. a million times. But it's a good song. Mm -hmm. Much like Girls Garden, it sounds like something you would have heard in the arcade in right. that era. You know, without, yeah. I think there was an expectation for that in Japan. Like that, you know, it's sort of the opposite. Where you know there were games released well into the '90s on the Amiga with no background music, but in Japan, that was like if you don't have music in the game, we're not going to play. Yeah, it. Uh, there are also there are also uh, areas in this where the walls will crush you, which is that's something you don't see in the other versions, which is which is neat. I read a, a couple people that mentioned there's a there's a bug in this that I don't know I didn't get far enough to see this that you can't get past unless you wait around long enough for another bug to happen that defeats the first bug. You oh get my gosh! It. Wow! So that, that so and of course it's a cartridge game so you know you don't wait around for a patch. Uh, this one also has the awesome logo that they've rendered in this sort of like neon or something that looks cool you know when you first fire it up. Mm -hmm. 
This game is that is that not what the logo looks like on the other versions? No, no, it doesn't. Mm. I mean, and this game it does a, looks cool. This game has a lot of panache. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of style points. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, does it look as attractive to me? No, in terms of the the way it's rendered, decays. But I mean, if you can get past that, and if you played this in the Atari six hundred, you realize that that's sort of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, the gameplay on this is spot on. I was. It's another one. I sat down. I was like, "Okay, hero. We have played this a million times. So much better. So much more fun. Uh, so much. Uh, the feeling was better uh, than 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 the other versions I played. No offense to the Atari version, which I mean is a great version, especially considering what you what you're playing it on, or the Coleco version. But I think this is probably, from a gameplay perspective, my favorite one. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and like I said, I was able to get pretty far. Uh, on it further than I usually get, and I think I, I attribute that to the fact that I, that second button does a lot for me in terms mm-hmm. of controls. Well, what did you think of it? I never played this much on the twenty six hundred. You were aware. You own this I, one, bud. Um, is this on your wall? I don't think so because this doesn't have the the rainbow kind of artwork oh, that I, I like on the Activision games. Um, I remember playing this on the PS two Activision collection though, but it had been so long, and I actually thought that this was a different kind of game um, before I started playing it. I'd seen some some footage of it, but not a whole lot, and I just thought that this was kind of Pitfall, the next generation, mm-hmm. where they took uh, a game like Pitfall, an exploration game, an endless world game, and gave you a jetpack and let you fly around. But this is a puzzle game. Yeah, and I was not prepared for that. And to be honest with you, I didn't didn't much care for this one. Really? Um, yeah, I understand what you're supposed to do. Um, I I just I, I think that I'm just not a big when, when you give me a jetpack and you give me a laser gun, I want to run around and blast stuff. You know, this is a th- very cerebral experience where you're constantly weighing different factors and things. But I thought that it looked it looked great. Um, compared to the 2600 version, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really married to the 2600 version. I can understand the appeal of simplicity. Um, I thought the music was good. I, I had trouble controlling my flight, and I think it was because, just like you said, there's a delay, and I didn't, I didn't understand it, that. That takes getting used to the, mm. the way he flies. You don't just, and even if when you're when you're very, you played it a lot, it's still it's a little weird. Yeah, the way he controls. I was expecting him to control more like the guy in Jetpack from uh, ZX Spectrum. I don't know if you played that. And this is this is a different kind of thing. But like you said, once you get used to it, it's probably probably gets to be like second nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate what this game is. It's just it's probably not one I'm going to go back to. I understand. It's not for everybody. But this is another one of those games. Actually, in some ways, it's got something in common with the Girls Garden. It's not a game you rush through. Mm-hmm. You 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 take your time. Some places are dead ends and death traps, and you've got to have the ability to control uh, the, your guy to the point where you can come down a little bit, see there's a death trap, and go back up and try the next tunnel. Uh, and, and go down One there. thing that I had trouble with, too, is I found myself, I would fall down through a chasm and immediately die because there'd be an enemy right under That's me. That's why you have, to, you have to go down in a controlled descent. Yeah, and that, I had trouble yeah, with that. Yeah, and if you don't do that, you're not going to get very far because mm-hmm. that's early on. There's, yeah. there's, you start getting critters in there, and there's no way to get rid of them. Sometimes you can use your dynamite in cute ways. Like, if you get it close enough, you can blow up animals with it and stuff. Which, you know, that's the way it was in all the other ones, too. So, you know... I liked it. I mean, I, I've always been a big fan of this game. I'll be honest with you. It was I, this is one of my favorite Atari for 600 games, and so I was an easy touch on this one. But the fact that it controls better and it plays better added bonus. Plus, I, I did like the music, and I didn't get real sick of it like I, I've read that a lot of people do. When you have the same tune playing over and over, 
and it's going to go any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance to look this up on eBay. Oh, before you do that, I looked this up on eBay, and uh, there were no copies available. Uh, I found, I, yeah, I found a couple flyers of Girls Garden, um, but I imagine if you check out the Yahoo Auctions Japan, I think that's their premier auction site over there. You can find some copies. Nothing on eBay. I uh, I had a look for mine, and I did find copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventy bucks in a box. Uh, I saw another one going for sixty, another one going for, and then I saw someone who this is clever. They'd made a master system reproduction of Hero, oh. and it looked great. And it and it was the box, the and the cartridge or whatever, the whole nine yards, and it was going for uh, forty seven dollars. That's neat. So yeah, that's that'd be kind of kind of a neat thing to have. Mm-hmm. So, but overall, uh, I like both these games. You know, after playing both of them, I may have to give the edge to Girls Guard, which is new to me, but me. And that really, that really struck a chord with me. I was surprised how much I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. To be honest, yeah, with you. yeah, it's a great game. Well, you know what time it is, boat. You ready to spin the wheel and make the deal? Let's do it. Grab the wheel, boat. Let's do it. So, as you know, every week we consult the lady luck to tell us what to play, and we'll see what she comes up with this week. So I will say, SG-1000 was a surprising choice. So what have we added this week, bud? Uh, this week, I can't... Oh, we've added Neo Geo to the Neo wheel this Geo. week. Neo Geo. All right, fire it up, right. bud. There it is. Looking forward. We all enjoy. All right. Can't see it from my vantage. But Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy. Well, this should be interesting. Um, I don't have a Virtual Boy, and I know you don't have one. Nope. So I may have to see if I know someone who's got a virtual boy to first use, or we may have to just wing it. Last one in here. So <laughs> here it is. I okay. told you, <laughs> virtual boy. So there were there aren't that many uh, games out for no. the virtual boy. So I think this one's yours. Okay. So what do you got? I've got Wario uh, Land. I've got Telero Boxer. All right. So we're going to play boxing and... Wario Land. War, you mean Wario? Yeah. How did you say it? Wario. Wario? Uh, maybe I say it wrong. Yeah, you do. I'm sorry. You know who Wario is, don't you? Yeah. Oh, see, now this this might be okay. Yeah. But it's not Wario. There's no O in there, man. War, like, it's a long A. Do you Wario. say Washington or Washington? Enough said. No comment. Hey, from around here, you get it both <laughs> ways, y'all. So... Um, before we go, just a few plugs. If you uh, enjoy the show and you feel like uh, tossing us a buck or two on Patreon, we'd appreciate it. Boat, shove them the uh, address out there. Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. That's right. And if you, uh, if you uh, give us a few bucks, you can gain access to our Discord, which is awesome. We've got... Uh, uh, a shared Discord with the Amigos, and it's uh, a lot of fun. We have a, we had a good time there's, in there. There's a retro gaming chat going on there 24-7 from all over the world. Something I wanted to mention, if you haven't already, and, and we would appreciate it if you would uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Bo, what's our YouTube channel? It's Amigos Retro Gaming. Right. Uh, we are nearing, we're dangerously tantalizing close to that 1,000... Uh, subscribed mark, which would mm-hmm. be uh, a nice milestone, wouldn't it? it will, that will that will allow us to make money on our videos. We're yeah. not going to beat around the bush. Uh, is that so. what you, we never really made that much money on? I, mean, just, <laughs> no. I just like to have a thousand. We'll make it. Yeah, cool. we, we might make a couple cents a month, but now, you know, every if, little bit helps. If you want to buy 
an ARG t-shirt, for example. Where you know, you we do have a wide variety of ARG and Amigos related merchandise. If you go to Tee Public and just search for Amiga Tees, or you can type in Amigos Retro Gaming uh, in the search box, you can do it that way. If you want to type in a long URL, you can go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Amiga Tees. It'll take you there. You get all the ARG and Amigos gear you want, including stickers, pillows, messenger bags, etc. Awesome, awesome stuff. Boat, you got anything else? That's it. All right, we're going to take you to the house, so we will see you next week for some Virtual Boy action. And until then, adios. Aaron and John making a new podcast.